I won't record until I know for certain that everything's good. I won't record until I know yeah, for certain. Yeah, it's going. That everything's good. I won't Children record until Yeah, it's going. Someone said, let's go CA simulator. And I love the book. It says 10-year-olds, <laughs> J.K. Rowling's on the nose, dialogue and her self-reflection in Hermione can be seen but didn't bother me. Just fun world building with a lot of plot contrivances. But it didn't bother me. It's just fun. Expands imagination. And at the end of the day, I can respect that. Yeah, we're, well, yeah, we're going to talk about this first movie because I think... So... I don't know how my I was going to say compliments, but the the things that I would uh give this movie credit for, I don't know how much of that's going to last throughout the whole series. Mm. And it's been a while. I haven't I haven't seen Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone depending on where you grew up. Um depending on how stupid you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't seen this in, I mean, at least since college. So it's been six or seven years. I watched it this weekend. Um, well, I mean, before, you know what I mean? Before, uh, God, uh, I missed you. Um, (laughs) but before, yeah, before, uh, rewatching it and, uh, yeah, there's there's quite a bit. So we're just gonna we're gonna jump into this. Joseph Joseph's feeling a little bit under the weather. So um, yeah, I y'all... had to do it tonight because we've uh, David called me last week and was like, "Hey, I don't want to do the stream tonight. I just want to play Resident." <laughs> That's Evil not exactly how that conversation went. He said, "I hate the troll room and the podcast, and I just want to play video games." <laughs> <laughs> I was like itching, man. I hardly got to play. The weekend that it came out, because um, I had like some work stuff going on, uh, which was fine. That was it was kind of interesting, um, but I was just like it. I was like itching to play. Um, no, I hear you, but so. it's been what like since the Last of Us uh, the finale. season finale since we had a podcast episode yeah. and. I saw yesterday when uh, I was going to watch Harry Potter, saw the making of The Last of Us. And I was like, the only thing I could think of that's probably worse than watching the TV series is probably watching how they made it. <laughs> the only the only interesting Except stuff... Except for the production. And well, that's what, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only interesting stuff is if they had an episode that was like, well, here's a lot of the the makeup and the costumes and set design. Because they like... I'm pretty sure they built Jackson. Yeah, that was... Kind of pristine cool. production and set design and makeup. Yeah, man, just really great. And I mean, no matter how you feel about the second game, it is only it 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 looks one for one. I don't think it totally is. And I don't know if we we ever talked about this on the stream or if I'm pretty sure I sent you this video. There's a video from that episode. Uh, someone found someone in Jackson uh, shoveling wood, like logs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I saw that. It's like you know, they're and it's like got that don't don't be suspicious audio behind it, and the guy's like taking a log up with the shovel and like moving it like he's digging. It's really funny. Um, so hello to everyone in the troll room, Sandy, Jenna, as usual, 
thank you for uh, sticking with me through nearly all of the uh, Resident Evil 4 streams. Uh, I'm going to get back to The Last of Us Part 2 probably later this week. Uh, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I, I just needed a, a break from streaming games. Um, that. Weren't you telling me this uh, past weekend that it was your favorite of both parts was Part 2? Oh, it's yeah, it's absolutely my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, the dude, the story is so good. There are no stupid contrivances in it. Uh, you know, they treat every character from the first game with respect. Uh, it's just a yeah. wonderful piece of of media. Last of Us Two literature, just you know. Oh, uh, I mean, the dialogue. Uh, what's up, Zach's? Yeah, the, the dialogue is, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't get much better than the lesbian romance adventure murder simulator. <laughs> now, well, speaking of which, let's hop into Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, um, I got to figure out how it's going to work, but I do want to do like a detailed discussion about the last of us two and I, it probably can't wait until the series comes out because i don't think we're getting that 2025 would be my guess oh yeah i don't think we're gonna see it next year you don't No. um i don't know the mandalorian's off to such a hot hot start season three that <laughs> <laughs> but you know now nah, i think you, you're probably right probably yeah. 20 25 Maybe, but we may get a tell in a 24. It's I think po- we'll get possible, a House yeah. of the Dragon in 24. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm you still waiting. We got this summer, though, right? We get uh, The Witcher season three. Uh... Henry Cavill's last season. Yeah. Oh, didn't you man. send, you sent me something recently where they were like, they didn't even want him in season two? Yeah. Or something like that? Like idiot. Yeah. I... Talk about not being able to see. Dude, the Mandalorian. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's like, I, I've been, all I've been doing is, uh, at this point with Star, just about all Star Wars content, I just watch EFAP's reactions to the Star Wars stuff, and there, one of the episodes, Mando trips in a pool of water and sinks to the bottom, <laughs> and all these people, uh, were on, like, I guess Twitter, and they were all saying, like, no, he, no, a fish grabbed him or something got him, but then they confirm in the next episode that he tripped. Like he's like, oh no, I tripped. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. And he's, it's just, dude. It uh, apparently Star the numbers are down. It's terrible. Oh, it's yeah, it's rough. Um, and I know people liked Andor. I just, I couldn't I, be bothered. I just can't. I got the. I watched the first three episodes and just never went back. And those were the only. To be fair, they were the only three episodes that were out at the time. I think I probably would have kept watching it if all of it had been out. Um, yeah. But. Once I'm done with The Last of Us Part Two, I am going to start Jedi Fallen Order and then play Jedi Survivor when it comes Ooh. out. Uh, a bunch of people from our Discord and uh, who have hopped into the chat, who may be in the Discord at this point, um, they've been recommending it. Uh, and apparently they're, the first one's not that long, so I was like, okay, I can do that. Like If, you, if you're giving me you know, like a 10, 15-hour game, like I, I can deal with something like that. I can get that knocked out in a few sessions. Um, and I, I've played oh, some... Enough. Yeah, I've played some of the first one, and I liked it. I mean, as far as... It seems like as far as Star Wars content goes, that overall is, is the stuff that people are really 
they're into it right now. Like they like the story. They they find it interesting. It seems like traditional Star Wars, and it's not like making fun of the source material or treating it with really bad care. Um, the other thing, and we'll have to talk about this because I don't know if you're going to want to talk about it next week, but I am going to see John Wick on Friday. Oh, nice. So yeah. it, it's up to you. I can, it, it can either be a, I'll talk about it for the first 10 minutes of the show, or we can do a whole episode on it. It's up to you. Oh man. It just depends on if I have the time to go see it. I'm, I I'm not sure if I will. So I just, just, I, yeah, I haven't until We can just now. talk about it anyway, if you want to next week. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really mind, like, it's not going to s- spoil the movie for me, if that makes sense. Maybe I'll figure out a way for to watch it. Oh, you could do that, too, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's definitely there. I mean, like, the quality's not going to be very good, but there are, there are ways. There um, are. So, but yeah, uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to, oops, I have the wrong episode number in the title on YouTube. <laughs> this is episode 134, not 133. Um, Get it together, back. David. I know, I know. It's, we don't pay you the big dollars for nothing. <laughs> it's like we've been off for uh, for two weeks. Um, welcome back, everyone. Three weeks. No, it's only been two. It was last okay. week, last week and the week before, yeah. But see, when I'm away from you. It feels longer. It feels so much longer. It feels so much longer. Absence Um, makes the heart grow fonder. We do have a producer for this episode, too. I'm not sure if you wrote that down or not, but I can pull it up. I did not write it down. Okay, I know. See, Joseph's just not feeling... He's not feeling so good today. No. Let me... uh, Is it old Johnny Boy or is it old Tittles? uh, It is John Burke with his uh, monthly subscription to... The underground so he is thank a producer you, on episode 134 uh, and thank you for to everybody that's been uh donating to the show in whatever way you are um we kind of just this was sort of like it because it came up um if you happen to be on any stream whether that's uh me do, like just doing a gaming stream or on the night of a podcast episode your donation, the producership will be carried over to the next episode. Um, Absolutely. It's part of our uh, value for value system mm -hmm. where, you know, you get to support us and keep us ad free, but it's, it's not just so that we don't have to do advertisements of raid shadow legends or, you know, Kamikoto knives or the, Hey, buy a plot of fake land in Scotland or whatnot. So you can become a fake lady and Lord. Um, (laughs) And if you've done that, no big deal. We all like novelty things. But, you know, it keeps us to YouTube already, you know, being on the platform censors us. And it's just a way for us to, when YouTube kicks us off or if they ever do, then we have that support system built in. And it helps us with the quality, too. We can start doing more videos because right now we essentially do every Monday night for the podcast. And then David will do uh, one or two different uh, live streams of certain video games he's playing that week, but your donations definitely help us keep our channel monetization free for long form videos and advertisement free. And in the future, it will help us with being able to make more videos. So yeah, and and ads suck. Like I've I've been listening yeah. to some other. Uh, 
podcasts recently, just kind of like some stuff that I kind of fell off of. You know how I'm sure you know how that is. It's like you listen to stuff for so long, and then at some point you're like, ah, eh, like you take a break from it, and it, you know, six months later you're like, oh yeah, I remember that podcast. I was like, I like to that. I want to go back and listen to it. Um, yep. And some of them have just so many ads, dude. And then they're trying to sell you like electric cars and like insurance. And I, I, I mean, pick your poison. I'm not trying to go electric. I'm trying to dump gasoline outside my house. You know, I'm yeah. trying to burn tires and everything. Uh, now I know what you mean. That's kind of I actually do. I like you know, even though Joe Rogan um, and other podcasts, he's not the only one. There are other podcasts who will do all their ads in the front, so you can just skip and go to the. Yeah, podcast and not have to worry about it. I, I don't necessarily mind that. At least it gives you the skip option. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can skip through them. But sometimes when I'm driving in my car, I can't really do that. Know, get to that. Yeah. And the thing that drives me crazy about the Joe Rogan stuff, just to to talk about ads for a second, is that I pay for Spotify. Why are oh, yeah. why are why am I getting ads on Rogan's pod? I mean, like I know they're technically separate, but the whole point is that you don't have to listen to ads. And yep. they're built they're built into his podcast. Like it stops the show, transitions over to a pre recorded ad, and then goes back to the show. It's not yep. like he you know, it's not the like it's just in the uh the podcast itself. So it, it sometimes it's got weird loading problems. I just I don't like Spotify all that much. So maybe maybe we could do something in the future to where, you know, uh once we get enough donations, you know, one of the things we like to shy away from with Joe Rogan is or not with Joe Rogan, but with ads is we don't like to do any sort of kind of Patreon type deal to where if you give, you know, fifty dollars instead of twenty, then you get an extra episode of the podcast or whatnot. But we could do something like all donor you know, donors get uh possibly we talk about off show like earlier access to our live stream or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like higher access within Discord or something. Eh. Or just nothing. It's just it's such it's it's a lot of work. And and we've yeah. we've talked about this before. It's like the product is the product. The point the, of the product the, goes the product goes up with the more uh, donors we have. Yeah, yeah. Because well, there's more time that can be spent on that. So certain yep. things will be better quality. You know, I can. Uh, afford to get someone to do um, like background art for the live streams or you know what I mean there's just these little things that now become available to us um, Jenna wants a toe cam so um... definitely we'll have the foot, the foot cam we'll go on uh, yeah. we can be on OnlyFans that's our you know there you direct yeah. there to funnel back into the podcast oh no they've got a foot find I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had a ad for it where there's something called like foot finder or something it's like oh, no. it's like a legit thing um and uh yeah so uh, all that all of that to be said um no matter how you feel about any of the people that we talked about it's fine if you don't appreciate uh Joe Rogan but uh, it, all of it to be said, the, the idea behind all of this is that we want to make sure that it, it, some of it is the uncancelable thing, if you will, because you're completely funded by the people that are listening to the show. Um, but it's also so that, you know, I don't want to have like tiered stuff. Like I've thought about doing something on YouTube for like member, like the member thing. But it, yep. I honestly, I would just do it at 99 cents. And it's just one of those simple ways that people can um, support. And really, the only reason I want to do it is so that I can make custom emojis for chat. 
Yeah, you should do it. You know what I mean? So, Dude, nine. Yeah, it's That's like nine, 99 cents. You get the membership and you get like custom emojis. Um, and it slowly every month builds like that that little bit of income. The problem with that is, like you were saying, if if YouTube just decides one day for you don't at this point they don't even have to have a reason. Um, nope, if they, they just don't. decide to revoke any of that stuff from us, then that is monetarily that stuff that we lose, which is why the PayPal link, why eventually we'll have the Bitcoin stuff back up. Uh, why that's the better way to go if you want to monetarily support the show uh, because it keeps it out of the hands of those people. And, you know, I know PayPal's not perfect, but we're way too small at this. Like, I, I'm not going to worry about PayPal. And, like, if we were on, like, the Eric July level where it's, like, the crazy amount of money's coming in and they're like, no, uh, and they, they start, like, keeping it, uh, then I'd be like, okay, well, I guess we need to find some sort of, we, you know, we need to start working towards right. an alternate method. But, like, there's no point right now. Like, we're not on their radar. What if we did Cash App instead? Seems like everybody has Cash App. Yeah, right. yeah, but that's like, I don't know, there's something weird about that. Like, Cash App's what you do when your friend buys you a Coke at the store and you need to pay him back. You know what I mean? Like, it feels so, it feels, it, it feels it's weird. Your status. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, all right, let's get into Harry Potter. It's already been <laughs> like 15 minutes. Um, Joseph, what made you want to talk about the these movies in particular before we get into uh, the first one? Because this was your well, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't come into <laughs> Harry Potter because I was uh, more of a Lord of the Rings person until probably shoot. Oh, man. I did see the last one. The last one was the first one I watched, funny enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it was in college when I first watched all of them. And then I really, I stopped then. I was like, okay, I didn't really miss anything. And and then uh, when I started seeing my wife, first started dating her, we yeah. watched them. And more and more along, I got, I got more into them. And I thought that... It'd just be a good series. Like, it's part of people's childhood, our generation. You know, they're thinking about remaking it. So, I think it would be a good yeah, yeah, we've talked way about that. to really go through it. Because you and I have talked about it from time to time. I think there's a lot of things within it that are good. And a lot of things, specifically the movies uh, we're talking about here, not the books, that are bad. Yeah. So, Let's just put it that way. The Troll Room can correct me, but I think Sorcerer's Stone is probably the most book accurate of the movies sorcerer stone and chamber of secrets and i am working off like i mean i haven't read either of those books in a very very long time um but i oh i take that back i've read the fourth harry potter book. that's just the fourth one <laughs> we read it as a class that's oh it. okay okay uh yeah i yeah i'm pretty sure uh the first two books are, or sorry, the first two movies are the most book accurate. Um, uh, the, hang on, Half Blood Prince, which is the sixth book, because there's seven books and eight movies. Is that right? Because they yeah. split the last one into yeah, because it's seven years at Hogwarts. Because they really didn't um, do that. Yeah, uh, they should have done it with the fifth book the fifth book is massive um i don't know why they did it's, it it's that also last that last movie or just them 
wandering around. Oh my. Yeah. Well, it was during that era where everything had to be split into two. Um, yeah. And the Harry Potter, Harry Potter might have started that trend. I think that's who we have to thank for every every last thing. You know how like even um, the last Hunger Games movie. Uh, which yeah. didn't didn't at all need to be two movies got split into two. Um, that last book sucks too. That series is a little weird. That might be Hollywood an interesting. Is greedy man. They want to make oh, that money. Oh yeah, yeah. Though I mean, Harry Potter's probably who we have to blame for getting Ooh. three Hobbit movies. Should um, that be next on our list of uh, childhood movies to possibly either Hunger Games, destroy or ruin, or you know maybe praise. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh, I have all the Harry Potters. I have some ideas because I think what we should probably do because I think the first Hunger Games is really the only one that you could probably find some merit in. Um, she wrote the same book twice, and then didn't really know what to do with the last one. Like the last book is uh, pretty terrible. Um, it's just it's not that interesting and uh, is kind of still the same concept but she just took it out of like an arena setting and made it about like a like a civil war type thing uh it's not it's not great but we we could also it's not really childhood because i think that i was in college i think you're right um i'm not against talking about them though um there is a movie though called battle royale uh that is what a lot of people say she ripped off to create the hunger games because okay. it's very similar. Um, it's a Japanese movie. Uh, it's very good. It's got kind of a dark sense of humor to it. Um, and maybe we need to... We might have to do that. And once, Maybe well, once maybe. we're done with Harry Potter. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe. So... We'll, we'll, the Witcher is out by then. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, Witcher and whatever else happens to come out, we'll be slowly putting in some of these yep. other things uh, as we go through... Uh, the new series or whatever whatever happens to be out. I assume Witcher's coming out at the, like, all of it's going to come out at once. Probably will. That's um, typically how it But yeah, I, um, let's see. So, general thoughts about this first movie, and then we'll kind of get into to some details about it. Eh, you know, I'm kind of, <laughs> there's things I like about it and things I don't like about it. Like, for example, Dumbledore in the beginning. He leaves Harry with seemingly or with people he know who he knows who are abusive and will mistreat him because everybody in the wizardry world is going to know him like why would you there's not anyone in the wizarding world that he could have left him with or (laughs) anyone else that would have treat Harry better so for you know what 12 years of his life or 13 years or however old he is in this movie uh you know he gets abused and mistreated yeah i think he's he's 12 um when he gets uh he gets That's taken just, to just, to Hogwarts. it's just mental yeah yeah it's it's very strange you know uh dumbledore leave him out on a cold night with just a letter yep dumbledore like when you're a top wizard yeah he could have just taken harry in yeah. There's no reason there are hundreds, thousands. I mean, like I, we don't even really know. Like, there's a whole wizarding community, right? Yeah. And you're telling me that no one would have taken him in, and that there was. And I guess I, I think the, if I remember correctly, 
or at least this is this is what I'm going to go off of. There was some sort of reasoning. I still think it was stupid, right? Because I think they were hunting for him. So for some reason, taking him to his aunt and uncle's was the best option. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it did make sense that it was that this was what they would do with him for the first twelve years. And why um, wouldn't the and again I'm not very familiar with the lore as far as the books. I, uh, it's but those who were hunting him, why wouldn't they go into? We know they can go into the Muggle world, or you know, into the real world. So yeah. why wouldn't they go into the Muggle world to? Hey, oh, hmm, I wonder if Harry has any relatives that aren't in the Wizarding world. Um, Would be like a basic thing if you're hunting someone to ask. Yeah, I I don't know. The whole setup for this is very weird. Uh, that was kind of one of the things I was thinking too. That's and I'm I was trying to kind of just go along with it a little bit. Yeah. Just be like, okay, it's a it's a pretty weak setup. Uh, it is. That and in the sense of that, what I, I you would almost say the conclusion to the setup where it's like, okay, his parents are dead. We find that out. Um, a dark sorcerer. No one wants to say his name. Uh, which is is another kind of like really weird yeah there's nothing and and this is kind of the problem with what i would call a very would you consider harry potter to have a soft magic system like it's i guess it's not because there are specific spells And, and i guess what i'm trying to say is it's like the world building around the way that magic works in harry potter in fact, the world building in Harry Potter in general, I, f- I, I think that's what I find to just be weak. It I is weak. That's well, what I'm trying to get at. Even the spells that they, what there's a, a couple spells that, you know, they use throughout the series, but then there's that one that Hermione uses uh, that completely freezes Neville, I think it is. Yeah. And makes him fall over. And then many other times where that would have come in handy, she never uses it again. <laughs> It's very uh, circumstantial, it and yeah, it's yeah. it's it's you know, and we'll get into it. I think in later movies, but like Avada Kedavra, it's like, oh, it's the unforgivable curse because it automatically kills people. But it's like, well, if you're in a fight for your life, isn't that what you want to use? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand the logic here. <laughs> and and some of it I do. I just I think that what? she got she made a book for children, and over time. She had to keep writing this because it was very popular, and mm-hmm. she never considered how to make the magic system work properly. I don't. I don't think she ever had any intention of looking into it very deep. Like I, I just, it's imbalance in the in the show it's or in the wi- movie. It's That's wild. Sure. Um, Do you think that Harry is a Mary Sue? Um, no, because he gets hurt all the time, especially in the books. Like I don't know. I we'll have to go through the movies or whatever. But he's not. He because he he constantly fails. He gets caught all the time. Um, th- he gets treated too well, I think. Um, and we'll get to it when we when we get to the houses. Um, mm-hmm. but the uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of like other than his the the Dursleys who are my favorite part of the movie. One, well, I would say one of my favorite parts of the movie. The opening to this, after he gets dropped off. So, despite the whole sort of why on earth did they just leave him with this awful family who would hate hate him. Um, and I, I, I... They forgot his uh, scar in one of the scenes. Too, <laughs> of baby, course they did, yeah. By yeah, the yeah. way, and, as, and with him as an adult, too. Um, but the... Uh, I, I love a lot of this. Like, the... It, this... 
they feel very like a family from Willy Wonka to me. Yes. And there's a lot of I've I guess to some degree I have some nostalgia for this movie because I saw this in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um and it it's very whimsical. It's it's got a a great score. Uh the cast is unreal. I, there are character there are people in this I was like, "Oh my gosh." I was like, "I forgot they were in this." It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um Great actors in this movie. Yeah, I uh yeah, John Hurt is in this, which I had no idea. He pay, he plays Ollivander. Um, yeah, John Hurt. And then this lady, I forget her name. That's uh, Fiona Shaw. Right yeah, she's great. And uh, him too. Warwick well. Davis is in this. Uh, and I, I like uh, Richard Harris, who plays Dumbledore. Um, his yeah. portrayal of Dumbledore is quite a bit better than Michael Gambon's, which we'll get to because... Agreed. Richard Harris dies between the second and third movie. Michael Gambon takes over, um, and he, I'm, I, it's not that he's a bad actor because we talk about this a lot whenever we uh, we're reviewing stuff or we're just discussing uh, different movies, TV, whatever. Um, you try to find that line between is it a bad actor or is it bad direction. Uh, and I think when it comes to this, he was given bad direction. Um, yeah, I, I, how 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 so? Uh, well, Michael Gambon. When we get to like, especially, I think it's the fourth movie is where you can see it the most. Um, Dumbledore is very calm. He's a calming presence. It's not a good thing when he gets angry, when you know he starts to show that kind of emotion because he, he's very stoic. Yeah, he's very stoic. And so the problem with Michael Gambon's portrayal of him later on in the series is that he doesn't really play it that way. At times he does, but he'll he'll yell and he gets angry and um, very much wears like emotions on his sleeves uh, a little too much. Yeah. It was a common it was a common complaint about his portrayal of Dumbledore when the movies were coming out to my understanding um it was him oh, Alan Rickman like as Snape of course sorry yeah, Alan Rickman Alan Rickman uh he was the one that made that change he wanted to be different from the previous portrayal of Dumbledore uh, and so it's just dumb it's not it's not the point like the, the you're you're playing a character <laughs> for this movie the acting definitely elevates the script. Again, mm-hmm. not that the script is terrible. I think it's still a. I think it's a a good movie. I'd give it like, you know, I don't like you know rating anymore, but I, th- I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I think you know the script could be better, oh. but it's a good movie. It's worth the watch. It's a lot better than things coming out these days. You know, yeah, there's it, a lot to, to it, be enjoyed. The whimsicalness of it, mm-hmm. the the childhood you know, kind of warm warmness to it is nice. I uh, was going to say Alan Rickman, uh, Sandy took it from me, but he stills the the show for me. I always enjoy seeing him on the screen, even mm-hmm. though when he first comes in, uh, when they're in potions and he gets on the Harry for not knowing the <laughs> answers to his questions. Of, like, it's like his class. first day. You- yeah. Any so okay so to be fair to that scene in particular i i think the idea so there was some reading they were supposed to do prior no 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 i would say if i was trying to steal man for the scene um 
I think it's easy enough to say that Snape has something to he has something to prove, like as far as Harry is concerned. Like everyone is looking at Harry, like, it's like oh, he's so amazing, da da da. But he, but he's like, this kid doesn't even know potions. You know what I mean? So like, that's yeah. it, you gotta. That's kind of where some of what Snape I, I is. Get what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I humble. yeah, he's trying to humble him a little bit. Um, it's later on you kind of find find out some more information about Snape and his story, and um, I think some of that is later becomes more relevant to this but i i would say that's probably where he was he was coming from because everyone's just so like wow about harry um i do want to i want to talk about the scene real quick it's i thought this was really really cool because practical effects are something that i like quite a bit so when harry's getting letters sent to him mm-hmm. um now i don't know if it's the case for every single letter that comes in towards the end but i'm pretty sure this part where the house gets flooded with letters i think this is all real because i, I was uh looking at it and i was like this has to be practical effect it looks really good you can see let's see if it'll play some of it. you can see like the letters flying around in the house like they're getting shot in Ooh. somewhere and a bunch of them like hit uh, mr dursley and you know harry picks up one and there's a shot uh in a sec in a second where I gotta be really careful with this because I don't want us to get um, where oh yeah here like where he's on the floor with Harry mm-hmm. and he's just getting pummeled by letters and it just made me realize I was like man someone spent all that time making those for this one scene. It's nice, isn't it? It's the de- yeah, and it's just a little bit of details. Uh, you definitely see that care went into this. Like it was made uh-huh. by people who really enjoyed the books and even though there are imperfections and there's spots where it doesn't hold up some things that doesn't don't make sense it's the acting and everything else around it that really solidify this as being a you know movie well worth the watch you know that's rewatchable too i've gone back to this in my adulthood like three four times now uh-huh and there's, I mean, there's, again, there's stuff that's goofy about this. Like, Hagrid, mm-hmm. Hagrid constantly giving away secrets to Harry, I, I think is, it's a little on the nose. Um, it's not the, it's not like a terrible offense or anything like that. Um, but, you know, getting back to what I was saying earlier, the whole thing with Voldemort and how everyone's like, oh, no, you can't say his name. And then you're like, well, why? Oh, because well, he did a bad thing. And it's like. So there's no repercussion, you know. And so and it and it's interesting because in the Wheel of Time, the reason that they typically don't say the name of like quote unquote like the great evil in that is because there is a either legitimate or paranoia that it's going to reincarnate that enemy. Right. So there's something on the line and the reason why they don't even want to like think about him because they're worried that that's going to manifest him into reality. Um, whereas in this, it's just like, you know, he is a Voldemort is a metaphor for Hitler. (laughs) Like it's not, she's, this is the one thing about, or one of the things about JK Rowling is it's like, these books aren't exactly deep, (laughs) you know? And it's not to say that they're necessarily, they're definitely not the worst that. literature out there. No, and again, it's it's an instance where you can really say this was made for children. Yep. You know this. Yeah. Uh, and you know out of the park. You know, in a lot of ways, and oh, dude, having, lightning in a bottle. Unreal. I mean, it's a little bit of a pun there, but it's <laughs> it's crazy that 
I mean, she's a billionaire because of Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't think she's done anything to the same kind of relevance sense. I mean, she's living off the royalties to this. Um, and like, I didn't even know she did anything else if she did. Yeah. So she's been, she's written some stuff under another pen name. She wrote that sequel book slash screenplay. Um, she's been in some way, uh, Involved with the Magical Beasts movies. Oh, yeah. Um, the Fantastic Beasts, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic um, we're not defined. And we're, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to. Um, not until you get someone better who knows how to make a coherent script. So, yeah, there's just there's a lot of questions that you can ask. It's like Hagrid leaves Harry on the uh, at the train station and doesn't tell him where to go. And Harry, anything, yeah, nothing. Harry just great. happens to stumble upon the Weasleys. Otherwise, it would have been like, well. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have the Weasleys and all of them running into this pillar, right? This uh-huh. brick pillar to go to Hogwarts. And there's all kinds of people just passing by. No one stops and says, what the? Yeah. So I think that's explained in the books that there, there's some sort of like protections or charms on certain places in London and where the these magical spots exist that keep people from looking at them. Okay. Um, I don't remember if that gets explained later on in the books or if it is in the first one. Cause again, like I said, I haven't read these things in forever, but yeah, from a, from a movie going perspective, it's like, what? <laughs> like yeah, no one away line or anything that, uh-huh, uh-huh. Off that I'm aware of. If, if I'm wrong, correct me troll room, but yeah, that's one thing I thought was, it was. Why is nobody looking and just being? You know, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, you know, I like all the introductions to the kids. Um, oh, that's the other thing. Uh, Ron's rats, rat scabbers. Only yeah, Hagrid told Harry the only animals allowed in Hogwarts are owls, cats, and toads. Yeah, and yet Ron has a rat. Yeah, it uh, never gets explained, does it? Um. I just don't think they're that. Yeah, there there may have been something about how he was kind of sneaking the rat around or whatever. I just don't think they care that much. Like it's very loose as far as I mean, we're, we can talk about it, but Hogwarts has pretty loose rules uh, <laughs> when it comes to to twelve year olds. Forest, but by the way, your detention is to go into the forest and then split up. Yeah, deadly forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The adult goes with one of them, and the two kid, the two twelve-year-olds get the dog. <laughs> um, but I do like the introduction. I think uh, they all do a good job, especially considering their child actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did a really good job. Yeah, I I think I really enjoy uh, Emma Watson's performance in this um, as Hermione. This is before they uh, kind of just made them moody teenagers or and they were trying to really uh oh dude wait dude wait till we get to half-blood prince oh my god dude that 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 movie should have been called harry like harry potter and the uh the raging hormones (laughs) (laughs) and that movie's wild dude (laughs) continuation because that's kind of what happens in well i mean need be just because of the pendulance and everything but um so 
Yeah, I, I, there's the a lot of Hogwarts is nice. Too, it's great. The, the boats. Yeah. And the music, the score in this is iconic. Mm-hmm. Talk about an iconic score. Anytime anybody hears that melody, you know exactly what it is. I mean, it's not as a, as iconic as you know Lord of the Rings, but it's yeah. nearly there. John Williams does a good job with the score. Um, again, you get a lot of practical effects in this. A lot of sets. Really I'm pretty good. sure. I'm pretty sure Hogwarts. The outside of it is a miniature. Um, which they still do sometimes. And the candles are being hung on a string or I, wire. I think they're, know, yeah, I think wire. in a lot of it. You can tell when stuff is CG in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fairly obvious. Hat too. Uh-huh. It's a real talking hat. Um, let's talk about the houses, because this has been something that's been a thorn in my side with this series, I think, as long as it's been around. Um, it drives me crazy. And this is when, when we talk about sort of the simplistic nature of Harry Potter, this is one of those things that I think is more of a negative than a, well, you know, there's, you can kind of excuse certain things about the series, um, based on the audience. It's crazy to me that she was basically like, the good guys are in, uh, Gryffindor, the bad guys are in Slytherin. There's like exceptions to the Slytherin thing, but it's pretty much that straightforward. Um, Hufflepuff is full of generally like clumsy, uh, sort of like keep to themselves, like the introverts. And then Ravenclaw is the smart kids. Yeah. And it doesn't go any further than that. Like she didn't consider. Yeah, she never considered that maybe she should have put Harry and Gryffindor, Ron in Hufflepuff, and Hermione in um, Ravenclaw, and then had them come to become friends despite the fact that they're in different houses. Like They're like, okay, you're in Gryffindor, and then nothing else really matters except for their occasional interaction, mostly with Slytherin, and then from time to time, depending on the movie with one of the two other houses. Yeah. There's nothing that really happens with the other houses, the other two Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. You don't really get to know them very much at all. So you're spot on with that. Yeah. It's, it's odd to me, um, that that was the case. And it, it, I always wanted her to go into more detail, uh, when she was writing the books or like introduce characters, Oh, so that's a book thing too. That's not just. Oh no, no, it's a book thing too. Yeah, that's that's really where that comes from. That, and it's I, it's worse in the movies because they can ignore certain aspects of the other houses because it is side stuff for the most part. Like uh, Harry has a, a relationship with one of the girls from Ravenclaw later on, and Cedric Diggory, who is he's the only thing important about Hufflepuff as far as I can remember. Um, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen until the fourth movie. And so there are these little things that she threw in, but for the most part, they all go to Gryffindor, and then the story is just about them being in Gryffindor, and then the deal, like the stuff when they have to deal with the the kids in Slytherin. Right. And the other two houses, like, they they hardly matter. Um, She could, they could have made, (laughs) she could have had two, one of two houses, and that could have been the story, and it wouldn't have changed a whole lot. You know, yep. um, so I it always bothered me. Um, plus That's the prefer like the preferential treatment that Harry gets through the oh. series. 
it's, the score system is all kinds of wacky. It's just whatever the oh the yeah, yeah. Like. I yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like oh, fifty points to Harry yeah. <laughs> for waving his wand correctly. Um, yeah, there's no and and this is something. It's funny. I I think that Harry Potter is a very good um example and something for us to talk about. Like when you create a a system, if you will, in a story. So like the point system for. Harry Potter and, and the different houses, and then you don't go any further than oh, it's just the system that the the teachers can give points to the kids, yeah. Uh, and then whoever has the most points at the end of the year uh, wins the house cup. That's that's all that happens. And but there's no system to that. So she ne- never took the time to be like, okay, well, acts of bravery are this many points, and and this is getting into to the nerd and getting into the the deeper stuff uh but it's something that i think is very necessary when you write even if it is for kids you can set something up where it's like okay well we have this point system well how does the point system work what what are actions that get points taken away what are actions that flying and this is how much and everything yeah Mm -hmm. some kind of basic it doesn't have to be this detail oriented system but some kind of basic basic system set up point system and to where at least as the audience we know okay this is how you can you know gain more points lose them and then eventually end up winning the cup i do like the fact that you know uh miss mcgonagall and dumbledore are kind of these sort of good authority figures in the movie yeah and how even though mcgonagall is a stern woman a stickler for the rules. She's very much respectful to the kids, and even in a playful way, when she, you know, tells Ron and Harry, "If you're, you know, do I need to turn one of you into a pocket watch?" You know, making her point in jest. She's she's never too demeaning or anything of the sort. And then Dumbledore is obviously, you know, Harry's father figure and comforting, and but yet he's strong and everything, even though he's kind of an idiot in this movie. He's wise and stupid at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably have to explain a little bit more. I mean, like, so I guess what what I would be is like Dumbledore is supposed to be this wise teacher, right? This is you know seeing all you know not all things, but most things, yeah. and and um, yet what is it, Professor Quirrell, right? Has freaking Voldemort on his on head. On the back and, of his head, and he doesn't even realize it. And it, it, yeah, it over is. an entire year, and yeah, uh-huh. even after the troll, you know, nothing tips him off, and it's just like, in my opinion, with how Dumbledore is written, at least the troll thing would be enough to tip him off, okay, something's going on here. Yeah, those are, those, those, are those things in stories where they have to sort... And, and it's not an excuse. It's not, not what I'm getting at. But it's it's interesting how... In order for the story to work properly, characters sometimes have to be stupid in the moment. And it's something we talk about a lot (laughs) with things. Um, Yeah, they they have to be uh, uninvolved in a certain situation. And it, it is weird that there's nothing... I mean, I guess you you have okay. So I guess you have to go with as far as Professor Quirrell is concerned. Um, the only reason that Harry has 
that that feeling or whatever is because he's directly connected to Voldemort through the scar. Okay, yeah, but let me okay, let me play let me go into it more though. But here's the thing. Dumbledore is like best buddies with Snape, right? You know, he absolutely uh, trusted Snape yeah. and the other teachers and everything, right? And so at least with the troll instance incident, like I could see where you're coming from. It's just with the troll incident for me. It's like, okay, sure. Well I I trust the other teachers. Who's the only one that's been here for the shortest amount of time being the newcomer, Coral, depending on, you know what I mean? And to point him to exactly who Right. Well I'm not arguing I'm not I'm not arguing that it works. I'm just saying that I'm did you think that I was arguing that? Cause it's not. That's not what I was getting no, at. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, contrived. Yeah, well, it definitely is. I mean, you have to, you have to have the the professors just overlook certain things to have the story go forward. Because you're right. I mean, unless Snape had suspicion, but just didn't have like, absolute proof of what was going on. But it's weird, right? Because, you know, you have the Quidditch match that, that comes up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> it's he knows at that point that, like, Quirrell's up to something. Uh, all I was getting at is that the reason that Harry... Well, and he thinks that it's Snape, right? So the whole idea that of that first time that he sees Snape and his scar starts hurting is because Voldemort is present, not because Snape is the bad guy. Um, And so he has a direct connection to him, but if... If you're just trusting that a professor is there and they're doing something, like if he doesn't, you you would have to give me his reason before Snape starts getting suspicious as to why like Dumbledore would need to be let on, or like yeah, because it's not like he has he doesn't have like a sixth sense. Like there's nothing in Harry Potter inherently that where like someone like McGonagall would just know someone was a bad like a bad guy. Right, right. But couldn't you, you know, obviously Dumbledore wouldn't, you know, go looking in the person's mind or anything like that. Uh, you think he would vet them. But, but then, that's but then, what I was going to say. Right. Taking it upon yourself <laughs> to vet the person. But then not only that, you go to the troll instant and you're like, okay, someone had to let this into the school. Yeah. Let's start with the professors first. Well, and, I, the, 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 the. And if you would have, if you think about it, you know, by the time all this had happened, the vault and the green gods had been broken into. Right. Harry was already at school. So rather than necessarily not only trusting Snape to do it, but wouldn't you also take it upon yourself to vet, you know, the defense against the dark arts teacher? Dude, you would, uh, you would think so. That's going to be a common, that's going to be a common thread throughout the movies is like, why do they not? That's just what I mean. There's yeah. some things, so again, <laughs> it's things I can overlook and, and everything. Whatever, fine. It's chill, you know. But it's things that, as we said, just because it's a children's story doesn't mean it still shouldn't make sense. And You're right. Yeah, you are right. You know, uh, yeah, Dumbledore, I'm just, if you're going to yeah. set Dumbledore up again, it's not like Dumbledore, if you're going to have him make him make a mistake, it has to be something that's plausible. If they're going to be stupid right. in the moment, you got to give a reason to where it makes sense to why, oh, okay. He made the wrong decision or a bad decision, but there was good reason for him to make this bad decision, right? You know what I'm saying? And oh, that yeah. just doesn't happen here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets completely overlooked. I there, I there's as the story goes on, it definitely gets worse because you. I think you can overlook certain details of it early on, um, but then again, I'd have to go back and check to see if they specifically state when Voldemort gets a hold of Quarrel. 
um, and whether it's bad writing on the on the side of because uh, she could have avoided this by Voldemort and and I guess the idea is that it, it like is he always on the back of his head right and I guess the idea it's supposed to be yes because he's wearing that turban all the time and then it's like well why didn't you just change it so that Voldemort could hide like the thing in well, in Malignant yeah right <laughs> the, it's then, that kind of stuff yeah exactly and then it's also like the centaurs when harry meets them in the um the the deadly forest right uh when he meets them and you know the centaur i believe tells them that the stones in the school or whatnot and so they know that it's in this yeah. in the school and then they know obviously then it would be voldemort who's the one that broke in the green gods and then it was also voldemort who drank the uh, unicorn blood yeah, so yeah. you would think that Dumbledore would be able to connect the dots saying hey this this and this happened obviously it's <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Know, oh yeah it, it definitely makes features, like Snape's wise like all these you know you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah the, then... the mystery the overall mystery of the movie is very amateur would be the word that I would use but to be I mean I, I say also, to be why fair, didn't but they go to Dumbledore when he knew that Coral was messing with Harry's broom. Yeah, I, he didn't, you know did I mean? he? Yeah, he just they just let the kids get into danger, which is the yep. other funny thing. You know, it's like that that happens a lot in this where they're it, it's a troubled school, Joseph. You know, like much more. So they let kids <laughs> do extremely death-defying oh. obstacles. Dude, Quidditch and, you know, is sort of deadly. Yeah, Quidditch <laughs> is wild. It's like, you know, they let they, a twelve-year-old fly. You know, yeah, stay hundreds of feet in the air, <laughs> supervise like flying on the brooms. Uh-huh. They have a uh, what they open up saying, "Hey, don't go up to the third floor corridor exactly in this area where there's yep. a three-headed dog ready, waiting to eat you." You know, and Alohomora die a painful death. Yeah, Alohomora just unlocks a lock. Like, there's no protections against that. <laughs> Everything just works. It's like they expect the kids to just be, you know, in in line the whole time, you know. And then the restricted section is not restricted at all. There's nothing. Oh yeah, know, yeah. There's it and apparently, well, Filch you know, the, Filch is supposed to like be watching. Yeah, it. but he's not. He's not but there very often. Can put on it to be like not allow anyone in it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you would think. I mean, and again, it's like this is where it very much not being written for for people who are thinking about it this much. But it's it's it is funny because it's yeah they they easily get all the stuff. You know, the he Harry gets an invisibility cloak. Um, there's no you you all of the teachers know that thing exists. They know if invisibility yeah. cloaks exist, and they don't do anything. There, there's nothing warding off the the kids from being able to um, do that. And what's funny is that like that doesn't exist, right? But you'll see. I can't remember which movie it happens in, but there are like charms or something set in place because you know I think it's at the at the end of the movie. They they you find out that they can't use magic outside of Hogwarts. Until they, I think it's until they graduate, or I think maybe once you hit a certain year, you're able to do certain things. Um, well, there are like, there's almost an alarm system that goes off for that. 
Right. So they'll know if you use magic outside the school, but it's like, why don't you have all of these other protections to, you know, like, make sure kids don't die? Because that's another thing that this series has a lot of, is, like, kids randomly dying from stuff. It, like, yeah. I would say Cedric, Cedric Diggory is the exception to that rule because that that's not really his fault. <laughs> like, what happens there? But at the same time, like, as you get into these, you're like, why do the adults constantly seem like they have this blind spot to certain things that happen in this school um you know it's like even in this scene where the uh the the broom instructor she basically just leaves these kids out here with these magical brooms and just let she would think she would have a way to be able to call back old neville to prevent him from his broom from just flying off you know what i mean yeah like there's got to be a better setup than just oh just have at it um yeah some safety measures or whatever and then you know of course it's it all really is just a setup this this whole part even though i like the scene there's like i said there's stuff in this that i like i think um the the movie has it's very charming uh which works which works in its favor especially when you don't want or when you're breaking something like this down if your movie is charming, if your movie has a lot of good characters, um, and and even if the the script is uh, interesting enough, there's tons of plot holes in this. But the idea behind it is still interesting enough that you're like, all right, uh, I I'm just gonna lo- overlook some of this stuff. Um, yeah, because the idea of friends uniting to overcome, yeah, to help each other and to overcome. Um, a terrible foe while making self-sacrifices it's gonna it's one of the things that's like well, at the end of the movie ron they get points added for ron you know uh the chess game the chess game and everything yeah, yeah. yeah but it's not his self-sacrificing himself like going into this depth about him it's just hey you won the chess game 50 points yeah. <laughs> well you know the la- maybe lack of depth might be a common theme throughout these these movies. Um, but, uh, you know, this is all set up for the Quidditch stuff. And as unreal as having 12-year-olds play Quidditch is... Um, Still pretty fun. You just kind of go along with it, yeah. I mean, it's a different time, right? I mean, this was... I the, these, the world. these movies are set in the 90s. Uh, I enjoy the world, too, by the way. It's a uh, fantastic world she created. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I, th- I think so. I I think that it's when you get into the details of the way that it works, um, and then you know I've seen these are some of my favorite arguments because I actually agree with this. But people all the time are like, "Why does the wizarding community not help Muggles? Like the right. the wizarding community at large? Why they have spells right that repair just about everything? You know." Uh, I imagine, okay, so for instance, now I imagine maybe this exists or there's a line about it somewhere and people just don't remember or that, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, that there are wizards who live in the muggle part of society and maybe they do, and maybe this is just my headcanon, but that they do live in the muggle part of society and maybe they do use their magic to kind of help in the ways that they can. Because if you yeah. think about it, if you have a spell that you can pretty much repair anything, you could open up a very successful repair shop of any kind. Very yeah. successful. And keep it on the DL, too. Yeah. There's all sorts of implications with the way that magic in Harry Potter works. 
and they just seem to keep to themselves. <laughs> it's like it kind of reminds me of Wakanda a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just I find the 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 whole world interesting, if not very flawed, you know. Um, but again, there's this part of me that thinks that uh, a big uh defense of this would be like you're not supposed to think about it this much because it's a kids movie right now you and right. i both know that's not a good defense um but i can just hear it every time we we like talk about certain aspects of this that are weird or don't make sense all i can hear in the back of my head is someone telling me that it's like it's a it's a movie for kids like <laughs> um it doesn't mean it shouldn't make sense exactly i mean that's that's part of the problem with you could say like modern criticism is that people just, they want to sweep away anything that is, you could call it productive criticism or just criticism in general of, of something they, they're like, it's a kid's movie or, Oh, you, you just, uh, this or that. And it's like, no, I mean, we're just, we're talking about this because what should happen is that people are like, man, Harry Potter were successful. I'd love to write something as successful as Harry Potter. How do I do that and make it better? Yeah. You know? And one of the ways you can definitely do that is the details. Like, work on your world building. Um, it's, you know, we've talked about it in the past, but it's definitely one of the reasons that Tolkien was so successful is because he was obsessed with his work. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Refining it and, and <clears throat> making sure that things were correct and like changing mistakes that the publishers made and uh, original copies and things like that um, and just building out the world you know he did it for most like the majority of his life right uh, like he was still working on it up until he died um, and she kind of wrote Harry Potter and was like alright thanks for the the money <laughs> I'm done didn't, <laughs> didn't go back and revise it or anything like that and come out with new additions to kind of work on it yeah um, and explain and explain out the universe which you know hey maybe she doesn't want to anymore but well, she doesn't need to i mean that's the thing man it's like i, I don't totally, it's it's kind of it's not the it's definitely not the same situation but you can see something similar to what's going on with uh george rr R. martin where you know he in particular became successful late in life the guy's a multi-millionaire uh, if not billionaire at this point, I don't know how much he's he's actually worth, but he's very very wealthy now, yes. and he kind of seems like he doesn't care about writing anymore. That's just I, you know, how it goes. And with her, she's still writing, um, but I don't think anyone cares about the stuff that she's writing about the way that they did about Harry Potter. So, oops, I didn't mean to play that. Uh, hmm. I was trying to think if there was anything. I feel like we've covered. I think we kind of kind of hopped around and covered everything. Yeah. Um. I'm scanning through here to see if there's anything that I forgot about. Um. I love. Okay. Just this is something that I still remember. So this movie came out in 2001. So I was 12. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons that these books 
uh, worked for me is because the I've followed along, especially the movies, because the, technically the books came out a little earlier. I think the first book came out in like 99, something like that, 98 maybe. Um, but the whole like Christmas part of this uh, is pretty good, though. It's still very weird that it's like these kids are just like hanging out here almost completely unsupervised during Christmas in their dorms. Um, and I guess... You, and, the, and the dorms are co-ed too? And they're like... So they're, they're co-ed. They have shared living spaces, but they have separate... Yeah, shower facilities. I mean, I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say like separate dorms. Yeah. <laughs> but Well, I'll just say it, but, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks for making it weird, Joseph. How is that weird? Because they're 12! Yeah, there are places where they go and, and use the restroom. Like, they have separate shower facilities. Yeah. <laughs> First thing that came to my mind, bro. Um, You know, I like uh, the relationship that Ron and Harry have with Hermione in the first movie. I forgot how um, uh, troubled it was. You know, they weren't all, they weren't immediately, like Ron and Harry sort of become fast friends uh, mm-hmm. But Hermione, it takes this movie for them to uh, get closer to each other. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Hagrid in this, mm-hmm. you know, just the soft, comforting nature of him, even though he's this big, burly guy, yeah. which is what he's supposed to be. I just enjoy it. Yeah, I like him as a character. I think he's... At least in this movie, I won't. I won't speak for all of it because again, it's been a while since I've seen it. But uh, it's pretty strong, um, and like him, you know, he's like half giant. Uh, he got kicked out of Hogwarts. He's not really supposed to be using magic, um, but he has some in the broom. Um, and it's like people kind of know, and they just kind of let it go. Um, yeah, right. Which is fine, I think. I, I don't. I, his character. He's, he. I I I'm, I'm I gotta think about it. So like, I guess the kids in Hagrid and the Dursleys all are probably pretty strong as far as characters are concerned. Um, because most of the professors, you know, their biggest problem is that they have this like blind spot for the kids doing incredibly dangerous things. It's a pretty big problem in this. Um, Dumbledore, you know, I think you have mentioned it, but like in particular, he is pretty flawed as far as his character writing is concerned. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that as the series goes on, and if that, like, if if the stuff that that we've pointed out in this first one, if it's just a trend throughout all of them, or <laughs> it's like, dang, why is Dumbledore like so bad at his job? <laughs> I think what's what's also kind of interesting too that I, I was thinking about is how did Quirrell find Voldemort? Because I know it's mentioned later on in the movies that you know Bellatrix was the one uh, who searched the the longest and the most out of everyone because of her devotion to Voldemort and yeah. everything. But so how did Quirrell find him? And then on top of that, um, with the hands, what is it? You know, I know it's a love, but like why? Is it Harry's hands that? Oh, the whole like love love stopped Avada Kedavra from. Well, not even that. Just the love, like, and him being able to put his hand on Coral at the end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then also, how the heck did he get the freaking 
philosopher's stone in his pocket. Oh, because he no, they told you. That's totally. I mean, like it's not it's not great, but like he got it. He got a hold of it. I mean, it's magic, right? So he's like he got a hold of it because he was searching for it, but not for for selfish reasons. Right. And it's like, is that an incredible plot point? Not really. Does it work? It's fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, she could have, she could have, but I mean, honestly, I would say that the whole thing about how like Lily loving Harry kept him from dying. (laughs) It's like, this is what I'm talking about with the magic system in this, where it's like, what, why is that the case? Like, is, is this the first time that a mother has had to sacrifice herself for her child and that's what saved him like is this a common trend among like uh the the cursed spells in in this uh, it's a yeah, very it's it's weird it, it just it's all over this I, yeah. it, it's all over kind of like we were talking about with the magic right you know again it's like how do how does the school even track students? <laughs> you think sure. that, yeah, you think that they would have, I mean, I, it, the, the Marauders map doesn't come up, I think until the third movie, third movie, but that it, to your point, it's a map that of Hogwarts that tracks people. And, and it's just like, so Hogwarts just doesn't have this as something that all of the teachers have. <laughs> where they all have a map right. of the school and every like m- like student on there. And here's the thing, man, is like there are thing there are things with this series that you could still make it work. There could, you know, okay, so all the teachers have maps of the school. Well, someone probably would have figured out a workaround, you know? You had mm-hmm. all you need is to 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 have one of the characters or have a character in the series be very like cunning or crafty and you know that's kind of how they're characterized and they're like oh yeah um i came up with this specific charm thing you know name pick pick your poison right you can pretty much do whatever you want when it comes to magic um you just have to be consistent like that's kind of the biggest thing um and yeah and be like well i i you know was having trouble with this and i wanted to be able to like sneak away for whatever reason you can you can make it as simple as like oh he has a, a girlfriend in Ravenclaw or whatever and this kid's like yeah I wanted to be able to, to see her after hours or whatever and you know keep it PG I guess but you get what I'm saying and he's and he's like I wanted to to go hang out or whatever and then it's like I I concocted this thing that the teachers can't tell when I'm out of the the dorm at night because they track us all with the, these maps, you know? And then that leads into the Marauders map where, you know, maybe uh, it's something special or, like, I, I don't know. Like, there's stuff that you could do. There's stuff that you could do. Um, yeah. But instead, the way that her writing tends to work throughout all of it is that it's just based on convenience. Mm-hmm. It's like the plot has to happen, so these things have to happen. It doesn't really matter whether it's uh, consistent with the character or not. So the Dumbledore stuff in particular, where it's like he's the headmaster, you'd think he would know about just about everything that's going on in the school. Um, And you can still have him not know certain things because people are tricking him. Like, Quarrel probably shouldn't have been a new professor. He probably should have been someone who was there for a long time who was corrupted. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that, right? And then it's as easy as being like, well, you know, magic can't tell us exactly what was going on with quarrel like we we can't read read minds or like 
you set something up where it's like it's illegal to read another wizard's mind you know what i mean like without their permission or whatever the case may be there's there's stuff that you can do so <laughs> what's up tex what was um, kind of funny what was kind of funny to me was in the troll scene uh when they lift the club above the troll's head and it hits him in the head, and you hear the sound effect of it. But then when the club falls to the floor, it it's silent, like no sound at all. I know it's kind of you know, it's not <laughs> it's, it's just funny. Yeah, <laughs> they just forgot to put sound it, in for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just those sorts of things always crack me up because you know that's gonna happen. But and mm -hmm. I think there was this part when whenever Harry's hanging upside down in it too, at some whatever point, uh, his uh, scar isn't on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I know that there's a lot that isn't, uh, the best about this, but again, I, I, the sets are great. The actors are great. I mean, like, look at the chess stuff, dude. It just, you can see the care that went into this and it's why oh, yeah. some of the more ridiculous aspects of this, I, I'm like, I, I get it, but I still like this, you yep. know? Um, I do think that the whole like final confrontation is pretty weak. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm definitely with you on that. <laughs> his, his face on the back of his head looks so goofy too. It's like it's supposed to be this like very like oh like oh no Voldemort moment, and you're like this looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's supposed to be this big reveal, and it's just uh... yeah. And the way he beats him is by touching him because like. He can't because touch love. love or something. <laughs> like, okay, I get, I get what you're doing. I'm not sure it's the best, you know. Um, I think probably the only other thing, if I was going to criticize it, is that I think the movie's a little too long. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's got some pacing problems in some places, but at the same time, I and and we'll get to that in later movies. I do appreciate that they were willing to stick to the source material. There's very, if I remember right, uh, there's very little that they cut out of this. Yeah, um, it seems that way. There's, a, I think, a couple things, a couple interactions maybe. Um, but yeah, Dumbledore definitely seems aloof in this. Like he has no, no clue what's going on. Um, oh. And I guess it would... To be honest, dude, if they were to, uh, and I don't think this is the case, but if she had come around in later books, and uh, Harry and Dumbledore had a conversation where he was basically like, look, I left you with your aunt and uncle to make you stronger. I knew everything that was going on with every one of these things that you got yourselves into, and I did this because I knew what was coming and what you in particular needed to be prepared for. Like, you get what I'm what I'm getting yeah. at with that? Where you could call it a retcon from later on in the books, but if, if she was able to tie in why Dumbledore seems as dumb and aloof as he does sometimes in the series versus when he's on point, and it's like it was all to make sure that Harry was prepared for uh, what potentially was coming... I probably could forgive a lot of this. I just don't think that's if I remember correctly, I don't think that's how it works out. <laughs> I don't think no. she, I don't think she had the foresight to consider any of that. Uh we'll see. Listen, 
when we get further in, you never know. There are things that we've said here that we might feel like, okay, well, we look back and maybe some of it wasn't quite where we we were we weren't quite on point. But um, I mean, man, overall, and I I bet solid movie overall. Yeah, and I bet I'll probably be in the same. I'm 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 excited to watch more of these. Um, I'm looking forward to watching Chamber of Secrets because um, I remember really enjoying that one. I think it's got uh, a pretty interesting plot as far as um, what's going on. Again, though, it's like this incredibly dangerous place that is underneath Hogwarts that only specific people can get to. And then you know? let me uh, just uh, say these last two things. First off, snakes don't have eyelids and the snake blinks in it. I know that's kind of dumb, but I just <laughs> that yeah. Secondly, why are they using owls to carry their mail when they have magic? It seems incredibly inefficient. It's all uh, a whimsical thing. It's totally yeah, a, yeah because just they can kind of setting the tone. Yeah, they have the ability to teleport. Like with the, all of the wizards in this, and again, it's where the magic comes in, being kind of weird. Uh. Everyone in in this, when you hit like a certain, I think they learn it even when they're still at school. It might be their fifth or sixth year. They start learning how to teleport and travel yeah. around very quickly. Yeah, teleportation ruins so many things <laughs> because it's like, okay, if you can teleport, why would you ever fly in a broom? Why would you ever use a uh, an owl to to get your mail places? And I I what they I guess what they were trying to go for, what she was trying to go for with it, is that. It has sort of, there are certain aspects of the wizarding world that are sort of this old world thing, you know, like, oh, mail delivered by ravens or or pigeons. It's old kind of English type of. Yeah. Magic, though, it's a, it becomes a problem. And that's all you, dude, honestly, all you would have to do is uh, say, have a character ask, like, well, if we can do all of these things, why don't we do blank? So, for instance, like, if we can teleport or we can, you know, instantly send things wherever we need them to go, why on earth do we use owls? And someone has to just be like, oh, it's just part of tradition. It's the old way. Yep. And it's it's easy, easy enough. You can throw away one. Yeah, and, there, and because there's plenty of things in modern society that it's like people have traditions. They have certain things that, yes, maybe certain things are easier for them to do, but I prefer this method. And yep. it can just be a wizarding thing. It's just, yeah. It, it You know, it doesn't have to be like, perfect it just it would be nice if certain things were kind of explained as to why they happen the way that they do and i think that's maybe where uh some of the problem with the writing in harry potter comes from i definitely i'm not one of those people who i agree with you and i'm this is my last thing i'm not one of those two people who think that these movies can't be remade now i know there are some diehard harry potter fans who do but i would for one would enjoy seeing them remade just so i could see Dumbledore's character not changed so sharply as it did in the third or fourth yeah. movie and you can kind of see that continuation because I really it, it's again it's not that I disliked the other Dumbledore's portrayal necessarily I just enjoyed the original one better and I would like yeah. to have seen that one all the way through yeah unfortunately he was in Count of Monte Cristo mm. uh, which is really good if you haven't seen that um, the one with Jim Cavie- I have seen it. with Jim Caviezel That's, I didn't know that yeah yeah, he's the old man in the uh, that trains him. Oh he's, yeah, he is. He's isn't in he? prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, dude, I would love to see these remade, and I would really like HBO to just make a mini series. Oh, well, I say mini series, but you know what I mean. Like, do television. Television series. Mm-hmm. Do episodes. 
make it very accurate to the books, especially because oh, I make so much money off that. Yeah, I think that um, you could easily do eight to ten episode seasons. Oh, um, dude, you could do ten episode seasons, hour and a half long. Yeah, um, you could. You could. Um, I, I I would really, especially because I think that the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh books deserve uh, a little bit of a like better treatment. Yeah. Um, the fourth and sixth book in particular, I think, got absolutely just obliterated in the screenwriting process. Um, and- they they skip massive sections of the books dude the sixth so it's these have been out forever so like spoilers are we're way past that you know um in the sixth book so a lot there's like a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie that is pretty accurate to it but they leave out the massive battle at the end of the sixth book so like i I think it's harry right so it's i think because it's still i think it's through his perspective but he's like running through the castle and like there's all of these um characters that are like fighting the dark wizards and you know doing the whole deal it's it's pretty cool like she was always pretty good about sort of the big moments you know mm-hmm. um if i remember correctly from the writing like I, I, that kind of stuff i always really liked that she did she had a very interesting imagination and um the movies just didn't always capture that properly after mm, a lot of people like the third movie i have problems like with some of the visuals in it like it just i think it comes from more of like it wasn't what i saw when i was reading the books um Mm -hmm. so i have issues with it but uh some stuff in the the fourth book i think they skip completely and uh there's like challenges and stuff Uh, like he goes into a maze towards the end and a lot of that gets either taken out it's just not visually all that interesting um and then like i said that battle in the sixth book harry like just runs through the castle you don't get to see any of these epic fights like stuff that you're kind of like waiting for and i just remember that happening and being so disappointed he runs like straight out of the the castle to confront snape oh, in yeah. the sixth book and I, or in the sixth movie and i was like what are you doing it's like these movies are making millions and millions of dollars and you can't leave this in Right. One of the biggest parts of that book, and you just you're just like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. And that's why a majority of that movie is just like angsty hormonal teenagers. Right. <laughs> we'll get there. We're not there. We'll get there. Um, you got anything else to add? No, that's it, man. All right. Well, thank you all so much for for tuning in to uh, our first Harry Potter review. Uh, we did not ruin your childhood because this one held up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's not, it's not bad. So, um, we might be doing the next one next week. We may be doing John Wick. You'll have to tune in to find out. Yes, one of those two things will. Well, I'll be talking about John Wick either way. Uh, but it it just kind of depends on the the depth of that conversation. Um, but I'm looking forward to see what a lot of people like it. Heard some not so great things, but it just kind of depends. Um, I'm gonna try to watch the other That's three this week. Yeah. Um, um, if I go see it this week, I'm definitely gonna watch the third one so I can remember. Yeah. Um, I don't. 
I like the first one a lot. I don't care as much for two and three. Um, they're they're right. a little. I I I think without having seen them in a while, I I remember the series gets kind of bloated. Yep. It gets to be a bit much where you're like, okay. It's why I like um, Nobody so much. Because Nobody is a similar style, um, but it's very well paced. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't overstay its welcome. And I I remember this That's particularly, usually. yeah, the third John Wick movie. <laughs> I just remember that movie kind of overstayed its welcome. Um, so... Who knows? I might I, the troll room might get really mad depending on how I feel about it. So it'd be really funny if I came back and I was like, "That movie sucked." <laughs> right? They get really mad then, probably. They'd be like, "What?" Um, I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Uh, it'll probably be refreshing compared to a lot of the the stuff that we've had to endure. Um, but yeah, man, if you don't have anything else to say, I will uh, close the show out. Yes, sir. I'm done. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 134 of The Underground. We will be back next week with some sort of news. We were going to talk about the TikTok stuff, but that... I don't know. We'll wait for it to get riled back up again. Let's do it. Um, If you ever (laughs) wanted a reason to know where I stand, sort of like in the political realm just go watch the the tiktok stuff where they uh were uh i I was gonna say interviewing that's not correct they were questioning the ceo of tiktok um Mm -hmm. that's why i fall where i do politically yep exactly you know and if you can't figure it out then (laughs) i guess we will have to talk about it eventually but yeah um anyway thank you guys so much and until next time y'all Take it easy. See ya. All right, dude. I'm.